Hi, my name is Yash, and this is the Body Podcast. So last week we talked about how India's Supreme Court upheld the decisions of the Indian Patent Office to reject Novartis's patent application for can- the cancer drug Levin, stating that it was not a new invention in light of existing forms of the drug. Essentially, they said that Gleevec itself was an obvious creation, and in doing so, they provided a win for the generic drug manufacturers as well as preserved domestic public health interests, which were confronted by the interests of multinational pharmaceutical companies. But today, I wanted to turn your attention to the U.S. patent law. Just over a month ago, on June 20th, the U.S. Supreme Court delivered their decision on a little-known case that could turn out to be a huge deal for pharmaceutical companies. The case was Cuozo Speed Technologies versus Michelle Lee, and it was over a speedometer that was patented in 2004. Now you're probably asking why does this even matter for U.S. pharmaceuticals, but trust me, they really care. The Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America and the Biotechnology Innovation Organizations, those are handfuls of names by the way, but they both filed briefs amici curiae in support of Cuozo speed technology and they both also have hundreds of biotech and pharma companies as members including big names like Novartis and Purdue Pharma. There's a big reason that they cared so much about this case so today we're gonna talk about what this case actually is and why it matters. So let's start at the beginning. In 2004 Cuozo speed technologies received a patent for a device that displayed your speed and the speed limit of the road that you're on and then using a red liquid crystal display, it indicated if you're going over the speed limit. Basically, it showed you if you're going over the speed limit and used GPS technology to do so. Well, eight years later, Garmin petitioned the PTO, that is the US Patent and Trademark Office, to inter partes review of all claims of the patent, but noted that claim 17 was obvious due to three prior patents. This is claim 17 of the speedometer patent that Cuozo filed back in 2004. So the patent office decided to review claims 10 and 14 in addition to 17 because they believed that 17 was built on both 10 and 14 as well. But it's important here to define what an inter partes review is because it becomes a major issue in this case and sets a precedent for future patent cases potentially, especially those including drugs. Inter partes review is essentially a procedure for the patent office to review the validity of a patent. But for our discussion on the relations to pharmaceuticals, there are two big things to note. So the first thing is that inter partes review is based on BRI, which is short for broadest reasonable interpretation of a claim. So think of it like this. The patent is a work of art and it is up to the viewer to understand its meaning. So of course the viewer has the knowledge of the type and style of painting and can come to a logical conclusion, but the power is still with the viewer to determine what the uh, painting means. And this, this is an example of what broadest reasonable interpretation means. And it's the opposite of ordinary and custom 
customary meaning, which is used in patent court litigation when a patent is being disputed in court. Imagine ordinary customary meaning to be like the artist that created the painter is standing right there while you're viewing the painting. But the artist is there telling you, this is what my painting is about. That is ordinary customary meaning. So inter partes review is not like court litigation. This is the second important thing to note. It is a board review, with the board being the patent trials and appeals board. This usually means that the process is significantly cheaper than a court litigation, but it also means that there's a different set of rules. And for our case and understanding, the biggest difference in rules is that in inter partes review, they use broadest reasonable interpretation while in a court they use um, the ordinary and customary meeting. So going back to the case, Cuozo's patent underwent inter partes review of claims 10, 14, and 17, which were all found to be obvious by the board. Basically, it said that previous similar technologies were patented, and all you really did was combine two patents in a obvious way. After this ruling, Cuozo appealed to the Federal Circuit with the claim that the Patent Office wrongfully used the broadest reasonable interpretation in inter partes review, instead of using ordinary meaning. If they used ordinary meaning, Cuozo would have won the case. In fact, Cuozo claimed that broad, broadest reasonable interpretation should have never been used and that ordinary meaning should have been used. They reasoned that Congress created interpartis review to replace court litigation, so it should follow the standards of the court, which normally use ordinary meaning. The Federal Circuit Court actually rejected this appeal, stating that the Patent Office has the rulemaking authority to apply BRI or ordinary meaning because Congress did not explicitly mandate the Patent Office to follow the rules of court litigation. Eventually, the case made it to the Supreme Court, where they came to the same decision against Cuozo's fee technologies, agreeing with what the Federal Circuit Court said, essentially. So what does all of this have to do with patent law? Remember that two huge pharmacy advocacy groups wrote, wrote briefs amici curiae in support of Cuozo speed technologies, and these groups represent hundreds of drug companies like Novartis and Purdue Pharma. So if you're wondering what is an amicus curiae, it's essentially an official statement to the court saying, hey, we are not involved in the case, but we really care about it. So here's our expert opinion on it. So this is what the two pharmaceutical advocacy groups said, essentially. They state that the PTO, Patent Trademark Office, was wrong in upholding the broadest reasonable interpretation standard used in inter partes review. Their main reasoning in this is that Congress created inter partes review to reduce the inefficiencies of court litigation that stifle innovation. Because court litigation uses ordinary meaning, so should inter partes review. The new standard of BRI in inter partes review makes it easier to challenge and invalidate patents, including drug patents, and this will stifle innovation. Personally, I think this is a bit 
out of hand because the patent office has their right to determine the standards they use as Congress clearly did not define the standard. Also, the patent office has always used BRI when awarding any type of patent. This forces patent applicants to use specific narrow language and as a result protects the public from an abuse of the patent system. The two pharmaceutical and biotechnology advocacy groups are obviously trying to protect their interests. But as you read the briefs they submitted, you can really sense their fear of what could happen. I quote from the amicus curiae of Biotechnology Innovation Organization. Quote, Congress never gave the PTO any power to make up new ways to invalidate patents, but that dangerous authority is just what the federal circuit has now given the PTO. The decision below equates the PTO's power to write procedures for IPSs by choosing the claim construction BRI standard. Their big worry is now that third-party entities could now challenge their drug patents through interparties review under BRI, which is a huge risk for big pharma. A patent actually lasts about 20 years, and that means pharma companies have around 15 years of market monopoly control to recoup all the money they spend on R&D to develop the drug, as well as all the money lost in developing failed drugs. It sounds like a reason reasonable claim, but truly how much does a drug cost to discover and what is the line between a reasonable profit and just profiteering? We're going to discuss these issues more in detail next time on Body, but I'm glad today you got to stick with me as we broke down what Cuozo Speed Technologies versus Michelle Lee was really about. So if you're wondering who Michelle Lee is, by the way, she is essentially the director of the U.S. Patent Trademark Office. And as a note, all information on this podcast, except my personal opinions, came from the Supreme Court's official opinion and the briefs of Miki Curiae of the Pharmaceutical Research Manufacturers of America and the Biotechnology Innovation Organization. Wow, that was a mouthful to say those two organizations' names. Thank you for joining me, and I hope to talk to you all again soon.